I just have one simple thing that I'm going to share with you this morning. And it, my prayer is the same as I don't want to miss it, God. Because I've been worried that we may miss it. Because I'm going to fill in the blank here in just a few minutes, in a few minutes with a word that every single one of us in this church, we know this word. We have our own definition for this word. You see, we formed the definition for this word out of our past experiences. We formed the definition for this word out of things that have happened to us and the way we've treated people. We've, we formed the definition for this word off of practical experiences, and it has led us down a path that is wrong when we define this word. You see, the word that we're getting ready to fill this blank in with is a word that I pray this morning that even though you may not grasp its fullness, and although you may not even understand where I went with this this morning, is that God, through His Holy Spirit that we just encountered, will reveal to you the true meaning and understanding of this word. You see, I've been praying that we can get past our human definition of this word, and we can base the definition of this word off of revelation from God. From revelation from God. That we start to base the definition for this word out of what Jesus Christ is revealing to us. And so my prayer is continuing to be, I hope we don't miss it. There's a lot of things I love about this church. And I, I could list many of the things. I love this worship, don't you? I, I love it. I love the freedom that is in this place. I, I love Pastor Mitch, our student pastor. He is a wonderful man. A wonderful man of God who is teaching our students what it means to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. And if you're a student here, if you're 6th to 12th grade, and you're not a part of our student ministry, I'm just trying to figure out why. Pastor Mitch is doing a phenomenal job. I love it. I love so many other things about this church that I don't want to take up the whole time this morning talking about that. But there's one thing that really stands out to me that I love about this church. And it's the fact that we don't have potluck dinners. That's what I love the most, I think. Maybe not the most, but I love the fact that we don't do covered dish lunches. I've been at two other churches in my 10 years of ministry, and I think that that's what everything centered around was a potluck lunch. I mean, that's when the most people showed up. Like, I was blown away at, like, the first time we ever had one, and, like, this is our largest group. Well, the next Sunday we didn't have lunch, and I was like, well, where'd everybody go? But, but I, I miss out. I personally have missed out on so many wonderful dishes at those potluck lunches. I, I know they're wonderful. I know that the chicken and dumplings, and I know the green beans and corn. I know that the potato salad that's hot. Um, I know that all of those things are just absolutely wonderful. I know, too, like these people, these little old ladies who make these dishes, I know that their hands are experienced, and they make all of these things with such love. And I'm the one who's been missing out. Because I'm not sure 
if those hands of experience and hands of love were clean at the time of them making the food. I'm just not sure. I had a lady come up to me after first service and she said, you do eat my chocolate chip cookies that I give you, right? It's like, yes, ma'am, they're wonderful. I just don't know, and I've been missing out, man, and it's on my own fault, my lack of understanding, because I'm not sure that those wonderful people, I don't know if their wonderful, beautiful, perfect, adorable pet had any help in the process of making that covered dish. I just don't know. And so I, because my lack of understanding of what went into that, I'm the one missing out. And and I just am afraid, getting back to all seriousness here, I'm afraid that there are some of us that have been doing this church thing for a long time. I'm afraid that we may be missing out on this whole concept of who Jesus really is. You see, I've strung you along long enough If you're a note taker and you want to fill in the blank, the fact is the one thing that I have for you this morning is this. Jesus is love. And that word love is the word that we human beings have greatly distorted because we've attached our feelings, our emotions, our personal experiences, how you've been to me, how I've reacted to you, and we have greatly distorted the definition of the word love. And so when I say to you, that Jesus is love, our human reaction is automatically distorted. Well, if Jesus is love, I've been loved and love has left me, then I want no part of it. And we think that this love that Jesus offers us has parameters. And once we get to this certain point, we allow Jesus to love us this much. And then if we can go so long and get to this point, then Jesus loves us this much. But let us never back away or make great mistakes or ever have fear or doubt or anything else creep in because then I fall back to this level of Jesus' love. That's how it is with human beings, right? So I will just say today, I have given you a point. I have given you a teaching point that you will never, this side of eternity, ever be able to fully understand. But I stand here today teaching you this, not from personal experience, but from revelation from Jesus' love. You see, Jesus is love, and He talks about it. In Luke chapter 15, where we're going to be for the rest of our time this morning, if you have a Bible, you can turn there. The words will be on the screen. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus comes along and he tells this story. And for most of us who have ever once sat in church or you've just heard of church, you've heard the story of the prodigal son, right? Most of us have. The lost son. It's where those two sons are there and the youngest one goes away and does all kinds of crazy things and come back. The father runs out to him, loves him. The brother, the oldest one, gets upset and he's mad now at his father. His father goes out to him to comfort him and there's a party going on. That's the story. But you see, we've missed it because we've looked at it as just that story. 
And what I want to do this morning is just take the lid off just a little bit and allow the Holy Spirit of God, not Pastor Scott, but allow the Holy Spirit just enough room to where he can come into your mind and into your heart and into your life and say to you, this is the love of Jesus on display. It is being revealed right before our eyes. So here we go. This story takes place probably in some distant land. And I can see it's probably a very quiet and quaint little farm. Pretty boring. Because the youngest son just says, I've had enough. I've heard of all the things taking place out there. And I need to go experience them for myself. And so he concocts this idea in his mind and he says, you know what I'll do? I will go to my father and I will ask him for my inheritance early. And then I will go live it up. That's exactly what he does. I think he went to Las Vegas or something like that because it says in Scripture, not Las Vegas, but it says around verse 13, he says, the younger son got together all he had and he set off for a distant country and there he squandered his wealth and wild living. You can't do that anywhere around Wahlberg. You have to go to Vegas for that. Okay? And so he's on the west coast in the desert. I hope he stopped by the Hoover Dam because that's a pretty cool place. But he's over there and he squanders everything he has in wild living. Now, I want to see a show of hands. How many of you have never lived wild? Raise your hand. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. There was one person that did raise their hand. Um... Yes, you probably didn't. It's awesome. I, I've lived wild, okay? I have a past, much like many of you. I am this young son, and, and I have made some very wrong and terrible decisions, much like many of us. You see, this young man got in such a bad place. Have you ever been in a bad place? Yeah. This young man got in such a bad place that the only way or only thing he had left is to return to the life that he once knew. And so he concocted this plan in his mind. And in verse 18 of Luke chapter 15, we see what he is thinking. Because verse 17 says that he came to his senses. In verse 18, he says, I'm going to set out and go back to my father. And I'm going to say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. We've all been there. We've all said that. I know I'm not the only one who has ever said, God, if I wake up tomorrow morning, I am never doing that again. Only to do that again. That's what he does. You see, he's already concocted this plan in his mind that he's going to go back to the Father And he's going to say to the Father, because it says in verse 19 what he's going to say. He says, Father, I am a terrible person and I am unworthy of your love. I don't even deserve to be called your son. I'm sure many of us have said that. God, I am so unworthy of your grace and mercy and love. God, I've done this, this, and this, and I know I can't imagine how angry you are at me right now. God, I cannot imagine what you would do if you came down here right now. 
And so we confess all of this to our father, much like this young son. And what we do is we sit back and we close our eyes and we wait for it. God, whatever you're going to do, just do it. God, whatever you're going to bring upon me, just bring it upon me. I mean, we've disrespected the Father. We have abused His name. We have spit in His face. We have misused His great gifts. We have done everything that this young son has done. And so why not just wait for what God is going to hit us with? But here's the beautiful thing. Instead of pain and suffering and shame and guilt, because that's what we're here waiting on, instead of all of those things, when we open our eyes just a little bit to see if God is coming, what we get Instead of points taken off of our cosmic scoreboard, what we get is absolute, perfect love. And we just can't understand it. You see, the father here in this story, I know that many of you have seen this before. You've read this. You know this story because the father sees this young son coming from a long ways off. And an old man during this time does not run. He's too dignified to run. A man in a robe is held in much high regard. He is not supposed to run anywhere. So you know you've heard those sermons you know that this father takes off and runs after this son. But I want you to understand that we are this young son. And as we see our father running to us, we are saying to ourselves, yeah, oh, I knew this was coming. I'm going to take it because this is what I deserve. I brought this on myself. Oh, what is he going to do to me? And in verse 22 of this story, we find out what the father actually does to his wild young son. In verse 22, we read that the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best. Bring the best. Bring the best that I have. And we're going to celebrate like we've never celebrated before. You see, that doesn't add up in our definition of love. There's some things that I just want to quickly point out here. Is we, as human beings, have to understand and base our love off of this kind of revelation. 
You cannot base how you have been loved off of the way your father did or did not love you. You cannot base your love or the love that Jesus has for you off of the way your spouse has loved you. You cannot base your understanding of Jesus Christ's love for you off of anything that this earth has to offer. You see, this earth at its very best has absolutely nothing to offer you. We talked about this in our marriage series. That we are to be fulfilled and gratified not from our spouse, but from our relationship with Jesus. We are to be fulfilled and gratified in our relationship with other people, not on the premises of what you can offer me, but what Jesus Christ has already offered me. We've got to base our understanding of Jesus' love off of this revelation. You see, if you go backwards to verse 16 in Luke 15, you find out that this world and even the people of it, all meaning well, have nothing to give to us. You see, this young son set off thinking that the world was going to be his, that his needs, that his gratification, that his fulfillment, that life was getting ready to take place. But he says some of the most profound words in the 16th verse. Actually, it's Jesus saying them. And in the 16th verse, I need you to see these because some of us in here are looking everywhere else for this fulfilling, gratifying love that only Jesus Christ offers. Because in the 16th verse right here, he says this. He says he just longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, comma. But no one, no one gave him Anything. You see, Jesus is much like this Father. And He says to every single one of you here, every single one of you here, I am giving you my best. I don't care what your scoreboard says. I don't care who others say you are. I do not care what happened yesterday. All I know is that the father of this young son never moved. He never changed his stance. His position as the father of this son never changed. And Here's the beauty of this story is that this son, at no point in time, ever stopped being the son of this father. Some of you need to hear that today. Some of you also need to hear a word from Paul. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, he said this, Love keeps no records of wrong. Some of you need to know here today that you're forgiven. Some of you here today need the Holy Spirit of God to reveal to you 
just how wonderful and amazing and true Jesus' love really is. I'm going to ask us here this morning, just to allow God some time here to continue to what he's doing. I'm just going to ask you to pray with me. Just bow your heads. Because there may be some of us here today, and you know who you are, that you walked into this place not aware and not understanding this God's love thing. And we reveal to you that Jesus is love, a love that is greater than any of our expectations, and you just want to experience it. Like you want to just bask in Jesus' love, but you don't feel like you deserve it. And you don't feel like you've earned it. You feel like that you're not worthy of it. Like you feel that you've disqualified yourself from it. Today I just need you to know if you're here in God's presence hearing these words because of Jesus Christ alone you are worthy. And you don't have to earn it for yourself. Jesus Christ earned it for you. You're here today because God wants you to know that you are His child. And yeah, you may have wandered and you may be just like this young son. You're everywhere looking for someone to give you something. But you've never turned to Jesus to give you everything. and you're maybe just wanting to say, you know what, God? I don't know what you have for me next. I don't fully understand this love thing that you could love someone like me. But God, I just need to just for a few moments... I just need to be in your presence. Because I'm desperate for some of this love. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. here today and you say, Scott, I, I need I need to know that I'm loved by this Jesus that you're talking and I've never ever once asked him to love me, I've never ever once asked him to forgive me of my sins I've never once asked him to have control of my life but today hey Scott, I, I won't I am desperate for this love of Jesus if that's you today, would you just lift up a hand so we can be praying for you? God, I need to experience His love. Thank you. If you just raise the hand, would you just look right here? Me and you. Eye contact. 
You don't have to do anything. You are loved and you are accepted and you are perfect because of Jesus Christ alone. You are forgiven. And God's word is true that love keeps no record of wrong. I need you to understand that you came in here one person and you're leaving this place absolutely brand new. Absolutely perfect because of Jesus Christ. God, I thank you for what you've done in this place. Most importantly, God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you for being very real and being with us this morning. God, we've encountered you, and I thank you for that. God, there are people walking out of this place brand new today. They need to know, God, through your Holy Spirit, that the old is gone and the new has come. God, help them to know that your son, Jesus, is an absolute love. And may they bask in it. May they know that they're not going out of this place alone, but your presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is going with them. God, thank you for who you are. And it's in your precious name we pray these things.